Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. And on today's episode, we have People's Court, the case of uh, Michkov versus Carlson. Sam McGilligan and Tony Ferrari joined to debate why the Sharks should draft each player. Uh, so all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen. Um, proudly a part of the Locked on Network, where we cover your team every day. And um, today we have good friends, Sam McGilligan, Tony Ferrari on to debate, each taking the position of the guy they covered. So Sam McGilligan, um, as the the prosecutor, covering uh, defender making the case for Mitchkoff, Leo Carlson um, for, for our, our bald King, Tony Ferrari. Um, so really fun episode um, where they both uh, Sam really goes into it with the, the voices. So, um, but yes, uh, please enjoy. And in today's episode of the people's court, we have the defendant, uh, Tony Ferrari, Mr. Ferrari representing uh, the Swedish son, Leo Carlson, and in the prosecution, Sam McGilligan, Mr. McGilligan, representing the uh, Michkov in the case of why the Sharks should draft said player. Uh, we will start with the prosecution. Make your opening statement, Mr. McGilligan, on why the Sharks should draft Michkov. Because Leo Carlson sucks. Uh, no, the actual reason... <laughs> The actual reason, very simple, is because if you want offensive upside, you're looking at Mafe Michkov very quickly. The, the argument for Carlson is mostly rooted in um, complete all three zone 5v5 play, which is valuable in its own right. But every cup contending team at one point has a dominant scorer on that roster. And while Matvey Michkov earlier in the year had some noteworthy concerns, and while we discussed this earlier in the season as well, his KHL tape once he moved to Sochi was just absolutely unbelievable. The data that was tracked by Scouting Recipes uh, was absolutely unbelievable. The play once he went down to the MHL looked like a kid just playing like seven tiers below what he was capable of. And he still looked really good there. But MHL tape is, you know, it is what it is. The argument mostly just comes from, do you want goals? And do you want Eklund setting someone up to score goals? And if that argument is what you want, then you take Matt Vemichkov. I rest my case. That'll be $50. <laughs> Mr. Ferrari. As the defense, why should the Sharks draft Leo Carlson at number four? You know who didn't play in the MHL this season? Leo Carlson, because he was <laughs> playing in the SHL, a legitimate hockey league. <laughs> Do I need to go further? At the end of the day, Sam's not wrong. There is a scoring upside to Matt Vimichkov that maybe Leo Carlson doesn't have. But if Leo Carlson's scoring 30 goals and putting up 60 assists and looking like a 90 point top line center that can play both ways 
excellent at five on five, an outstanding power game that works off the boards extremely well, then I don't think you care about the tiny little Russian guy that's scoring 30, 40, 35, 40 goals because you have a much, much better player all around. Does he play center? No, Matvey Mitchkov does not play center. Leo Carlson does. At the end of the day, the, the case is as easy as that. This is a far superior player in every aspect other than shooting from above the face-off circles. And, and that's really what it comes down to. I will dispute that immediately. There are other aspects <laughs> Mr. to McGilligan, game. Go ahead. Let, I shall. Michkov does have one trait that's super underrated. That Carlson is good at, but Michkov is like... Is it being arguably, small? <laughs> it's the direct... It's the byproduct of him being small. Michkov is unbelievable off the puck in terms of finding space and timing his movements into the, like. I'm it, glad you a, specified because off the puck defensively, he's non-existent. Oh, I ain't going to argue that one all too much, but we are talking about an 18-year-old Russian winger here. We're not trying to, you know, if you're looking in that direction for high-end defense, you likely aren't really drafting a winger anyways. You're, you're making that decision because you want someone who can score. Michkov will anchor your power play, as all off-puck shooters can do with a catch and release and a one-time shot, blah, blah, blah. But what Michkov can do is also kind of anchor 5v5 offense without touching the puck because he's such a goal-scoring threat. He's so good at timing his movements into these spots and working off his teammates and understanding what their intentions are. He is reading where play is off, where it's trying... Let's retry that sentence. He is reading where play is often trying to go four or five seconds before it ends up happening. Not every time. That's crazy amount of time, believe it or not, in a hockey game. That's like five seconds is a lot. But he is so good at anticipating how defense is going to adapt to what his teammates are doing, what space they leave, and when he needs to move where there's a lane open between them. And once he gets into that space, it's like, uh, maybe we should have guarded this kid a bit more. But that's the whole thing. It's the Ovechkin on the power play trick. You can talk about gluing a guy to him all you want, but if you're truly trying to shut him down, then you're basically putting yourself down a, to a 4v4 almost. Not, hockey's not clean enough, like mm. basketball or something, for that's actually the case. But to consistently mark Michkov at all times to make sure that you don't make a half-second dumb judgment and error and the kid just kind of sneaks, sneaks, sneaks in and snipes, <laughs> sneaks into the spot, best of luck. Like, it's, it, it's a challenge to deal with. It completely structures how that line will play. And you need to pick the right two line mates around him. You need to add a little bit more consideration than you would with Leo. But I think the yield can be absolutely astronomical. Mr. Ferrari. So we, we know Michkov, right? He is a goal scoring machine. That is what he has done. Um, Leo Carlson, as you mentioned, centered. The Sharks don't really have a you know, bona fide 1C kind of in the pipeline. I know we have Hurdle and Couture for the next couple of years, but is that especially with the Sharks picking at four in what's in this extremely insane draft. Do you go for the um, positional value here? Is that more important to a guy than you to a guy who could potentially score, be a hundred point guy in the NHL? I think it is because I don't think the upside of Leo Carlson's are all that far off aside from that elite goal scoring ability. I, I don't think he's going to be an elite goal scorer, 
But a 30-goal guy isn't a bad goal scorer by any means, and I think that's what Leo Carlson's going to bring to the game. And at the end of the day, Sam's very right. Mitchkov is ex- excellent, exceptional, outstanding, whatever adjective you want to use, away from the puck and being that guy that sneaks around, uh, the <laughs> sneaky snipe. The sneaky snipe. Um, <laughs> and, and gets around the ice and, and, and is able to pop into pockets like that. But you don't need to do that when you're dictating play. And, and a guy like like Leo Carlson's able to do that. He's able to throw a defender on his back and make a play with with the guy there. So whether or not you want to mark him or not, he's still going to be able to make a play. He's an exceptional playmaker as well. And I think that's where the, the, the value really comes from with him is that he's able to kind of do it with the playmaking and the goal scoring ability. All right. We had to take a quick recess, uh, court term there, uh, to – Tell you guys about our friends over at eBay Motors. Um, you guys know for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure that every part you need fits uh, or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop on eBay Motors, uh, with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to you as customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Mr. McGilligan, your thoughts on the positional value that Carlson versus Michkov here. Well, aren't we about to get into some theoretical debates <laughs> here, aren't we? <clears throat> There's a couple of ways you could look at this that favor both players. And it will ultimately just come down to what type of line San Jose wants to build. If you want a player where that's it's more adaptable what two players they're with to get a high impact of 5v5, you do pick Leo Carlson. But if you want, if you have a specific vision in mind about an elite finisher and ha- the gravity that comes with them in terms of defensive attention, and you see two different players, one of them being William Eklund, who's already in your system. That's a fair point, Mr. McGilligan. <laughs> oh, his jersey's not behind you. Oh, no, uh, oh, yeah. You yeah, changed so it up. Change it up, so, yep. Anyways, I'm on the Leo Carlson side now. Okay, back to the actual point. <laughs> um, you can build one of the most dynamic offensive lines in the league around Michkov. I don't, it's tricky to do. It's, it has the chance of backfiring. It is additional risk. It's not the risk that people are saying in terms of like, Oh, he's not going to come over from Russia for three years. Well, then you get a prospect developing in a pro league for three years. And most of these guys aren't impact players for three years anyway. So it kind of a moot point. He, What's the other big narrative about him that people have been talking about? The it's blanking me. There was two. I don't want to say it. (laughs) There's too many things. There are a lot. Mr. Ferrari. Matt Mitchell is a very, very good player. I think he's going to be an excellent NHLer. Mm. And you know, who knows? Maybe he's he falls down in the draft and the San Jose Sharks and get him with that New Jersey pick. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the pick that they make at the top of the draft needs to be Leo Carlson. He's going to be able to team up with with William Eklund, and, and then we're going to get to watch him play on the national team together because that built-in chemistry will be so wonderful. We're seeing him play center at the World Championships right now internationally. In a couple of years, who knows? Maybe William Eklund will be able to join him. 
All right. So we we know, of course, the big cases, right? And with it, right? With with Carlson, you you feels like a safer pick. You know what you're going to get. Um, with Michkov, of course, it is a much higher upside, but there's always the, the slight chance it could blow up in your face. And I don't, I, the concerns about him being here in three years, like, you know, everyone has brought up, that doesn't bother me. And like, like uh, Mr. McGilligan said, all right, like it's no, unless you're Bedard or like Fantilli, um, none of these guys are going to be making an impact here in three years anyway um, in the NHL. So like you're having a guy, uh, being able to, to kind of develop in that time. So, um, Mr. Ferrari, for you, okay, um, what what are your concerns about your player, Mr. Carlson, uh, in his development and why, you know, you're just maybe just something to worry about heading, you know, going forward and why we shouldn't be worried about those concerns? Well, I, I think the big worry with Leo Carlson gets a lot a lot of times is, is his skating. I think some people say, oh, he's a little bit of a clunky skater. He's not, not the swiftest guy on the ice. And, well, I think at the start of the season that was very true. I think – the growth in his skating ability, the growth in his edge work this season has been really, really good. And he's still not the most agile player. And I think that's an area where you're going to want to see him get better at. But this is a guy who's able to kind of carry dudes on his back and, and be a powerful player off of the boards and, and, and use the, the skating that he does have at this point to be able to kind of work into small spaces and, and, and play that small area game that we find is so important, especially for centers, especially for bigger players. So I think his skating can improve, but I don't think it's necessary to improve to, to really reach the ceiling that he has. And Mr. McGilligan, of course, right. The, we, we talked about this when you were on uh, profiling Michkov, a tale of two halves for his season, right? Isn't there a concern that maybe the, the player that we saw in the first half who wasn't producing and a lot of people were questioning, is this the same guy? Is there a concern that that, could just be the player and that he got on a hot streak or, you know, kind of found a different level of this game. Is there a concern that he might regress back to that player? There are concerns with Michkov. That would not be one of them. You just like players don't take that much of a step forward in such like, it was like a literal, like, okay, I'm bad. Now I'm a top three prospects. Like it was quite <laughs> literally like that. Mm -hmm. He was the, th we, we, nobody knows what, the cause was but there was obviously something intangible that can't be accounted for in terms of hockey play maybe it's a miscommunication with the coaches maybe it was just a lack of overall structure with the team maybe sochi was like we're like we really want you to do this and we like your the idea of you leading this line this way and that's kind of what unlocked him but no matter what it was the second he moved to sochi it was like all right well i'm one of the best players in the khl so i'm just gonna go do that and that's basically what he did the concerns that I have are more tool-based, like we talked about last time. He is not you, – you. the way people talk about Michkov and the way fans have been talking about Michkov, Montreal fans are the ones I will reference because that's my <laughs> fan base. We're pick after you, and I've been watching this uh, debauchery, I'll call it, for the last week. They He is not the player people describe him as. He is not like this – unbelievably explosive skater with like the most dynamite set of hands you've ever seen who will just dangle through like you hear super high in Russian prospect and they kind of all they almost always they play a certain way right yep. Michkov has those aspects to his game but the, he has more mature ones that are also just projectable 
um, he relies a lot on puck protection. This was a huge concern to me earlier in the year because his decision-making wasn't supporting it whatsoever. And I was like, <laughs> you're going to be a turnover machine. But then he suddenly became a legend in terms of creating passing lanes and shot opportunities out of that. He, the mechanics are really strong in terms of just like his posture. He's not going to be easy to push off the puck if he has strength. He's got, he he's smaller, but he knows how to use it kind of deal. Mm-hmm. The general concerns I would say then can be summarized as defensive play for whatever that's worth when drafting a winger, which is highly subjective. Uh, uh, you know pos- my standing is uh, defenses for nerds. Just please, yes, go defenses for nerds. <laughs> so Michkov isn't a nerd like Leo Carlson yeah. is. So that's not going to be too much of an issue if you're drafting him and you've already like accepted that you're okay with it. Then it's like you're okay with it and you just manage. It's not like it's impossible to improve. Like players have improved. There are worse defensive wingers out there. Mm. He just doesn't seem to have a reason to care which sounds bad, but when they're 18, this is surprisingly common, and a lot of them grow out of it uh, almost really quickly. Like, it's an effort thing where a coach is like, I will bench you if you don't play. And they're like, oh, all right. Well, I guess I'm playing that side of the puck now, too. The other concern is just like the what I said earlier about like the opportunity cost of building a line with him. Mm-hmm. You can mess it up. You can absolutely... There are more situations where you can mess up Michkov than Leo Carlson, but that's more of an indictment against the organization that messes it up rather than the player. And it's important to keep those two separate. One team drafts Michkov and he could be top 10 in scoring multiple seasons and maybe even win a rocket shard. I don't know for sure. Cole Caulfield's going to take them all for the next decade. Anyways, <laughs> beyond uh, Matthew, that, uh, the defendant would have to say something about uh, Matthew Nyes, but well, you know, that's, that's a different story. For today. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even trying with nope, that one. Not even trying. Mike. Nope. nope. Um, okay. <laughs> it's mostly just don't mess up the development and put them in the wrong spot. It won't stop t- people from ragging on him seven years from now if it doesn't turn out to be that he's the elite player that he was supposed to be but he has every capacity to be better and if both players get maximized i think most people will look back and want mafia michkov doesn't there's still a world where you can like take leo carlson in this situation or both get fully extracted and you can build a better team around leo but that's just more of like a team identity thing which is often not considered by fans when talking about the draft they're literally like who is going to look best on hockey db when i sort by points in 10 years <laughs> and i don't know well it's it's just going to be so open to a bunch of factors that happen after the draft but Michkov is uh, the higher ceiling player for sure. All right, guys, we need to take another recess court term uh, to let you guys know, of course. Uh, well, thank you guys for making Locked on Sharks your first listen again. If you want to become an everydayer, just make sure you guys are back on Monday. Uh, next week, we're kicking off Barracuda Week. Uh, Nick Nolenberger is scheduled, uh, the voice of the San Jose Barracuda. Come on, we're going to talk about the, the season that was for Barracuda and start to look ahead. And then next week, we're going to be diving into uh, the, the Barracuda season, doing player reviews and kind of starting to look ahead for the Barracuda and what how they will go from a, just missing the playoffs to become hopefully become a, a, a playoff caliber team next year. So uh, make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts. And of course, you can watch this on YouTube as well. All right, so we'll as we start to wrap up this case, uh, 
Mr. Furry, I'm going to ask you. So again, we know the Sharks are in the midst of the rebuild, right? Um, next year's, I know next year's draft is a long way away, but there's some very talented uh, centers at the, the top end of the draft. For a team like the Sharks, who are in lack of uh, high-quality uh, players for their prospect pool, would adding a guy like Michkov, and then you know you're going to be bad again next year, trying to grab your center next year, be a strategy, or are you a lockdown a guy like a one C who Leo Carlson again in, in most drafts would be considered um, at least considered for the top pick of the, of the draft? Yeah, I, I think the way I look at it is you can't really go wrong here at the end of the day. I know we're, we're trying to defend our, our own guys and whatnot, but this really is kind of a three, a three B in this draft class, in my opinion. And I, I think like Sam said, it's really about the philosophy that you want to build your team with. If you want to go with the guy, get your center and build around him and, and William Mecklen being together and, and use that outlook as, as kind of the future for the franchise and then start to build out talent around him. You certainly can. You also have to realize that there's also going to be that element of doesn't Macklin Celebrini come out next year? Cole Eiserman in the following year, James Haggins is there and there's different guys like that. And you're going to be able to add more high end talent with this, this Sharks team, I think, over the next couple of years, because like you they said, speak. they're probably going to be there. for <laughs> They're probably going to be there for a little bit. And yeah. the other thing in, in this is a factor and maybe this is going towards Sam's case. So I'm kind of suing myself here with Matt Vimichkov is. <clears throat> that three-year contract gives you that extra time to wait while the Sharks clear some of that big money off of their books. They've got guys like uh, Mark Vlasic, uh, Eric Carlson, and, and even guys like Logan Couture. Like These are guys that probably aren't going to be there when the next iteration of the great Sharks teams come back. So I think having that wait isn't a big deal. With that said, bringing in a guy like Leo Carlson to pair up with the William Eklund, their play styles would mesh so super, super well, both of them being legitimate dual threat guys that could score 25 plus goals each, be a guy that hits 50 assists. They could really kind of elevate whoever ends up being on that line as well with them. So I, I think Leo Carlson's still the guy I lean, but it really is just like Sam said, kind of a, who, what kind of team do you want to build? Do you want to build this high octane offensive team where Leo or Eric Carlson's winning Norris trophies without playing defense, or are you going to try to build this team that is a little bit more complete and, and kind of can compete in the playoffs and everything? Mr. McGilligan, your thoughts on team building here. And again, do you take, uh, do you take the, uh, the best player available right now uh, or uh, player at the highest ceiling in Michkov and then try to figure out your one C later or grabbing your one C and trying to figure things out around them? Well, first, I would like to say thank you to Tone for helping me, you dork. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Judge ruled. Anyways, um, I don't. Re I very rarely like the idea of planning. Like, we'll take this position this year and then this position next year because. I'm on like year five in a row now of watching next year's draft not be what people said it was, whether it's better or worse, or like um, some drafts are better in positions. People are like, oh, next year's draft is absolutely loaded with forwards. And then it's all like defenders who are in the first round who are actually sick. And the, 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 like things like mm -hmm. this just tend to happen because of chaos. You don't know where you're picking. So you might have, it's true. They're like, oh, there's only, there's five elite centers next year. But if no one else turns out to be a six center and all five of them do, then all five are probably going in the top eight. And your team went on a stupid hot streak and now you're 10th. Go. 
thank God you didn't take one last year. <laughs> like it's like it's more about just identifying going year by year and seeing okay, what do we have? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to build? Is anybody an unmissable talent? Like sometimes that is the case. You can't really go wrong with either or. This is a case where you most likely just take what your team assesses the best player available with what you're trying to do, which is exactly what Tony was saying. The dork. <laughs> that um, if you want to go offensive minded and create like a 5v5 superpower line in the ozone that might need a little bit of sheltering here and there. You build the, the Michkov Eklund line. If you want the five E five, we're just going to go up against anybody and have a good time. No matter what Carlson Eklund line may not score as much. They might look prettier on a, an evolving wild chart. It, it, it all really, <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, it really just comes down to what philosophy you're trying to build for, but you don't want to think too far ahead in advance sometimes you just kind of need to look at and be like we need a center it's stupid right like you never reach outside of a tier positionally but i don't think it's wrong to draft within a tier positionally like if leo carlson and mavi are the same tier player and columbus walks up to the stadium or stadium podium at number three and they, the whole stadium the whole if columbus <laughs> takes up every seat in that stadium and then just unanimously scream together someone that isn't Leo Carlson. I think you can judge that pick. Will Smith. <laughs> if he plays center, then that would circumvent it. But now we're just talking about a different yeah. teams. Screw that. I did that podcast earlier, earlier this week. We don't need to talk about Columbus. If the Sharks go up and they take Leo, your center issue is resolved. Like, it, it's resolved. Like, you, mm. you might still want more. You might not have Carlson reach his ceiling. He might not be a first line center and people will then look back in hindsight and be like, well, the problem's not fixed. But at the time of the draft, when you're making the pick is really the only time that the conversation of who should we pick matters. After that, it's all hindsight based on development variables that weren't available at the time of making the pick. And if you have a chance to take a really good center, you take it. If you have a chance to take a 50 goal scorer, you take it. You kind of can't go wrong with either or because you don't neither of these players grow on trees it's a even though they didn't win san jose picking fourth is a good position to be in especially if columbus makes it easy for you you're buttering up the judge there all right uh mr miguel again please make your final uh arguments on why the sharks should draft uh uh at number four he's good (laughs) <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, you want to take Mavic Michkov number four because offensive players like this don't grow on trees. You could easily argue that he would have been the best player in the last two drafts beforehand in terms of offensive upside. The only player that might, I think, have a legitimate argument against him would be Logan Cooley because Cooley was so dynamic. And mm-hmm. to some an equal kind of equal extent, you can say William Eklund, who was the other player I thought was just like the dynamic offensive rock star of the 21 draft but even then i don't think Eklund carries the pure point producing upside that michkov has and while a lot like the average fan kind of sometimes overvalues points which i know is the stupidest sentence when it sounds like they're like but you win by scoring them it's like yes but you Tell also that point to everyone else believes 
Yeah, points yeah, well, are also very random too. I don't, I'm not no. telling anything Toronto Maple Leafs. They suck. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, you also need to get the puck into spots where points can even be scored in the first place. And that is underratedly hard. And one player is better at this than the other, but both are good. And one player is better at scoring the point than the other, but both are still good. So it's kind of the best win-win there is like it's not an insane risk to take either of them and it's not an insane like oh look at all the potential we missed if you don't get that one either uh mr mcgilligan your voice is there you need to uh yeah the peanut gallery uh mr ferrari please make your closing argument on why these sharks should draft leo carlson and continue their uh with her third suite in a, the first round in a row so <laughs> why would you take a russian Case <laughs> Why no, would you I, take I, one? At the end of the day, I think you you take Leo Carlson because he is the center. the The difference in the point production at the end of the day may not very may not be very large when you're outside of the goal scoring. I think that could be a department where Matt Vimitchkov probably will exceed Leo Carlson. But I think what Leo Carlson brings outside of that is just so much more to the game. I think. Madvey Mitchkov is that elite goal scorer. Goal scoring is the hardest thing to do in the NHL, and he's going to be very, very good at it. I certainly don't think Leo Carlson's going to be bad at it, and I think it's going to be really fun to see a guy like Leo Carlson be able to pair up with a guy like, like William Eklund, like be be a guy that plays back to back one two with Phil Bistet. There's a lot of potential for uh, uh, Leo Carlson to be an exceptional, exceptional player that leads the pack and leads the the new wave of the San Jose Sharks. And I think it'd be really fun to see him go there it, just because I, I think he'd fit really well with that franchise and what they brought into the to the NHL over the last 10, 15 years as well. All right. Uh, I will let the jury go decide. Uh, we have six weeks until the draft, fellas. I can't believe it's already been this. Um, thank you guys so much for, for hanging out. Um, We'll start Tony as our bald hero. Where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me at, on Twitter at the Tony Ferrari, all my works at the hockey news and check out the hockey news YouTube page for all my game tape with Tony videos, where I interview guys like Leo Carlson, Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, and a bunch of other guys. One guy I didn't interview was Matt V. Mitchkov because he's terrible. And why would I want to also he's Russian and doesn't speak English, but Without further ado, Sam, where can people find you? Buddy? I don't even know. Shoot. You can find me at Sam underscore McGilligan on Twitter. You can find my Substack that I always write stuff for and then never post it uh, at sammcgilligan.substack.com. <laughs> <laughs> damn that was a really good subtle roast um at least i didn't say a diary so. dear diary dear diary I, today i wrote, I wrote, today I wrote about leo carlson being better than matt v mitchkov but and i'm not I gonna got... admit it because i have to go on a podcast and defend the other point yes exactly <laughs> stuff like that uh you can find work that i do for players that aren't draft eligible or chl depth players usually at puck preps and of course mckean's hockey where the actual draft team is and that is it because i'm not as fancy as tony i didn't even remember to put my twitter handle in my name it's okay 
Gentlemen, thank you guys very much. Um, we will let the audience decide who the Sharks should pick. Um, and it's going to be all funny when uh, the Sharks pick somebody like Oliver Moore at number four. And we all hey, that's go. sick. <laughs> if <laughs> that happens and you if that happens and you need a defender, you can get us both back on to do like a defense, like us defending defense. against the livid crowd of San Jose fans. Oliver <laughs> Moore is going to be so good. So um, thank you guys very much. Uh, I'm sure I'll have you both on at least one more time before the draft. Uh, and I'm hopefully see you both guys at the draft as well. So uh, my dog's yes. in the other room. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed a uh, fun episode with Sam and Tony. Um, great guys. I was, you know, as soon as like the Sharks had four, I had reached out to them and I was like, let's try to do this. And they were, they were, wonderful to kind of clear their schedule and get this done um this week but you know i think no matter what the sharks pick like it's going to be there again i don't think they can get this wrong if they pick either michkov or carlson um i i think carlson right now i'm kind of after after tony i'm i'm kind of leaning carlson now um again just that one c for the sharks and the worst case is if you get a, a awesome power forward out of him um so i'm but again, ask me in a week. Who knows? I, I was I was Michkov early after talking after this episode. I think I'm slight Carlson right now. So, um, but again, plenty of time. We still got like six more weeks until the draft starts. So, um, but thank you guys for making uh, making Lockdown Sharks part of your daily routine. Again, if you want to be an everydayer, just come back on Monday. Uh, Nick Nolenberger is scheduled to be on. So. Um, Again, you can also follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole. Um, and until Monday, uh, bye, friends. And also, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. So, bye, friends. <laughs>